to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back to another full episode of the Let's Go Racing Family podcast. We're actually happy to be back because we're actually just on spring break for a bit. An unplanned spring break, but a spring break nonetheless. It was a really fun one. We got a surprise from our good friends. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. So yes, we are back this week. We've got an exciting two races to recap. And then we have a big race, Johan. What's coming up? The race I've been looking forward to for uh, forward to all year. Oh. Bristol Dirt, the Food City Dirt Race. All right. Well, who's going to take us through the first of our two races that we're going to cover? Um, we had the, what was it, Karen? The Instacart 500. 500. Yes. Karen probably paid for that sponsorship herself because she's a big proponent and big user of Instacart. I'm sorry, but if we can get an Instacart 500, I'm just waiting for the TikTok 500. Hey, you never know. Could be coming. There could be a Febreze um, 500. Febreze 500. All right. So uh, who's going to take us through what happened? And let's just get into it. Let's just talk about the race. I mean, it was it was an interesting race, to say the least. Um, Yeah. Who who wants to take us through? One of the interesting things to me about this race, and it didn't dawn on me until we were watching it, was we were watching Phoenix, right? And the Penske cars were all strong once again. And not only were they strong, but they led the most laps with Joey uh, Logano leading the most. And led 143 laps. Yes, they did really well. And as I was watching, the, as we were watching the race, the announcers were talking about how clearly they're strong at this track because last year... The championship race, which I forgot, was at Phoenix. Joey and uh, Brad finished two and three. Well, actually, it was backwards. Sorry. Brad finished second and Joey finished third. So clearly, they're really strong at this track. Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, Penske led more than half the, 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 the race. I mean, there were 312 total laps. And between Joey's 143... Brad led 19 and Blaney led 35. So that's more than half of the race was led by Penske, but yet they couldn't close the deal. But we'll get to that in a second. Any, any uh, big things that happened during the race? So um, honestly, the um, things that happened were like Alex Bowman spun out and then Anthony Alfredo, he also crashed. Yeah, that was that was pretty early. That was uh, I think that was like lap 47 was when that happened. I would say the biggest thing is how mom previously mentioned that Penske was dominating and it seemed like one of them, like Joey Logano, was going to win. But then Martin Truex Jr. comes out of nowhere and ends up winning the race. And now and I think he's the first big driver to actually win this season and punch his spot into the playoffs like this is race five wait what it what did you just say no say no say it again i said martin truex jr was the first to punch his ticket to the playoffs no his like the first the first like one major like when you think of the top tier drivers like the chase elliott's your kyle bush kevin harvick denny hamlin although truex was really like the first 
big one of that group. I would, oh, have, yeah, I would have to kind of disagree with that, though, because like last year, I feel like Martin Truex Jr. wasn't performing as well as he usually did. And even this year, he hasn't been doing as well as, you know, he usually does like consistent top fives or he's winning a bunch of races. So I think this one was a bit of another surprise win. Yeah, but nonetheless, wait, wait, wait. very talented. You just said you disagreed with your brother on the point. Your, what your brother said is actually pretty accurate. Of the big race car teams and drivers, I, I, meant, Truex, I meant this season. I meant this season. It was to another... win this season. So you said you disagreed. What do you mean by that? I, what I meant was that it was a sort of surprise winner, like the, oh, the rest Martin of them. Truex Jr. one. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Versus it, last year. There, well, like last year in the 2020 season, he wasn't doing as well as I thought it was what as well as I thought he would. Because like I remember back in the 2016 season, he did really, really well. Like he won a bunch or 2019 race season. Sorry, he did really, really well in those seasons and won a lot of races and performed really well. In 2020, he kind of like slowed that down a bit. He wasn't performing as well and he wasn't consistently up there and he wasn't winning a lot of races like he, he usually did. He only won one race actually, which is Martinsville. Yeah, and he did get into the chase, but he wasn't that like So he had a, a, a quiet season. Yeah. And this year looks like early on he's already showing a little bit of muscle by winning a race and actually racing up front. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's a that's good. I, I wasn't following when you were, you know, talking to, to your brother about you didn't <laughs> agree with what he was saying i'm like but now i get it. i totally get it okay so martin truix jr already showing some muscle this year yeah absolutely uh and it, it was interesting i mean he he took the lead um with the last 25 to go and, and just took it home i thought joey had a really strong car clearly he led a lot of laps like your mom said but just once late in the race martin got up there there was there was no turning back yeah i was sure that at least one penske car was going to win because they um, pretty much swept stage one, all the Penske cars. Blaney won stage one. Uh, Joey came in second and Brad came in third. And then for stage two, um, they flipped a little bit. Joey Logano uh, won stage two and Blaney came in second. Well, um, Daniel Suarez, actually, he um with like the white flag in stage number two, Logano was, le- um, was in front of him. And then like with, like down like the last um, stretch, he passed Logano and stayed on the lead lap. And speaking about Suarez, uh, he actually was penalized um, after stage one for exiting the pits too quickly. So he went from, or too fast, I'm sorry. Um, so he went from 24 to 31, but he did work his way up to finish 21st in the race. So it wasn't a great finish, but you can tell that he has like power because he was able to, you know, he was, uh, well, first of all, I think with this track, Similar to Miami, he's because it's a one and a half, right? Um, he's it's like it's again one of those tracks where he's getting a feel for the car. So yeah, he finished twenty first, but you know after his being penalized, he was able to make his way back up. That's pretty impressive. I mean, it's not been great in terms of finishes for Suarez just yet, but he's definitely showing that he's competitive and he can keep, drive up there. Um, and, uh, it's just a matter of kind of putting it all together. And I think if he, he can do that, if he can finish, you know, maybe a top five or, or possibly win a race, I think it completely changes his trajectory in the series. And I think all of a sudden people will start to realize, wow, this guy can drive. 
Well, the top five of the race was Chase Elliott in fifth, Brad Keselowski in fourth, Denny Hamlin in third, Joe Logano in second, and Mark Jukes Jr. in first. And for honorable mention, uh, we just want to say that Bubba had a decent finish. He finished 16th. Not bad for the um, 2311 racing team. Yeah, I was going to say him, um, Bubba, and Swadis have actually been doing pretty well. All right, so that takes us through the Instacart 500, which, again, was the return to Phoenix. This happened uh, March 14. And then the following week, we just watched the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I know it's not one of your favorite races, Karen. Uh, I've always enjoyed that race. I think it's a it's a very fast one-and-a-half-mile track with the high banking uh, we've been to a couple of those races. You guys have actually been to more than I have. Yes, Johan. Well, um, honestly, something that's special about this track, it eats up your tires so you need to get pit stops or the track will just eat up your tires. So even though it's not one of my favorite races because I think it's so long, I have to say that this particular Atlanta race was actually very exciting to watch. And I think it was because... It seemed more competitive, like there were more cars driving up there. And um, Daniel Suarez was one of those. And so the fact that he was able to get in the top 10 and, you know, stay up there, like that was really exciting. And he like I knocking said, knocking on the door of top five. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Actually, right. you kept saying yeah, at one point he's in six and you kept saying he's getting up top. He's finishing top five. He's finishing top he's five. And I honestly he would have he would have definitely, I think, had a chance to do it. Um, had he not been once again penalized for exiting pit row too fast at lap 270, it dropped him from sixth place to 20th. And with the amount of laps that were left, he was only able to drive himself up to finish in 17th. So that was really sad and disappointing. I was, you know, very excited. And I really did believe that. I mean, you believed it, too, that he could get a really good, solid you know, top five or top 10 finish. So, but again, I really did enjoy this Atlanta race. I have to actually say I enjoyed it more than the Phoenix race the week before. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It's kind of funny to think Danny Suarez finishes in 21st in Phoenix the week before. And you're kind of like, all right, that's good. You know, top 25, top, you know, almost a top 20. He finishes in 17th. So he actually improved, but we're all dejected. We're like, oh my goodness, you know, missed a chance to finish in top five. So if you think of it, in a more positive light, that's actually a good thing to think about that, you know, a top 20 isn't good enough for where he was running all race long. Well, um, one positive thing, he was able to hold off Kyle Larson in stage number two from getting lapped. Yes, he did it once again. So as we mentioned in the Phoenix race, he was able to pass Joey Logano to get his lap back. Well, in this race, he was able to stay in front of Kyle Larson. He drove faster than Kyle Larson to stay in front of him to not fall behind um, a lap and was able to stay on the lead lap. And then Kyle Larson passed and um, won stage one. So again, strong car. Very excited for the potential that we see in Daniel Suarez as a driver. So um, talk. let's talk about... Um, the hometown driver. 
Chase Elliott. Elliot. Chase yeah. Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia. Georgia. So I think everybody went into this race. People went into this race thinking this was his to win. Oh, I know you did because you picked him. Oh no, that was last week. No, Never mind. I didn't pick him. No, but like nobody picked him. Nobody picked him. But you know, being so from we didn't Atlanta, think it was going to be his win. He, you know, I think people. I mean, just from what from what I was hearing, it seemed like they thought. Well, let's he was ask our win. NASCAR dictionary over here, our encyclopedia, Mister Johan. Has Chase Elliott ever actually won in Atlanta? Nope. Since he started in 2016 and part-time in 2015, he has not won a single race in Atlanta. That is actually shocking. This is his hometown race. Champion. Hello. He's the 2020 champion. He's won a lot of big races. And he's actually never won in his hometown track, which is kind of crazy. I actually thought I heard that um, over the, you know, the race this past weekend. And it was kind of surprising. It was. Well, honestly, even bet, um, even worse, he finished 38th out of 39 cars in the field. Yeah, I was going to say, to add an insult to injury, he failed pre-inspection not once, but twice. twice. He drove pretty well, but then he blew an engine in lap 220, which took him out of the race, finish, having him finish. In 38th. Man, that's got to be... The most unlucky day for someone in their hometown. Am I right? Yeah, dude. That's like that is just a seriously sad and unfortunate tale of events right there for Chase Elliott and his team. Yeah, and um, um, it took Kurt Busch like I think twenty one years to win at his home track. Wow. So hopefully, I don't think it'll take Chase that that long. And in fact, he'll You're get right. another shot. Later this year, because aren't they coming back to Atlanta for the? Uh, yeah, for the, yes, they have a second race this year for the um, um, quicker state four hundred. It will not be in Holden, Kentucky. Oh, so they're moving it to Atlanta this year. Interesting. So let's talk about who was one of the fastest cars of the race, winning stage one and two. That was Kyle Larson. He has already won this season, and he dominated this race he led 269 out of 325 laps he won stage one and two and it seemed like he was gonna win the announcers were all like oh Kyle Larson is gonna do the first thing in his career in which he's able to win all three stages in a race and oh my word this is so incredible well they jinxed it because in literally the last 10 laps Gio tell them what happened Within the last 10 laps, around, I believe it was eight laps to go, Ryan Blaney ended up making a race-winning pass, and he ended up taking home the victory. However, I think one of the funny parts about it, and I thought it was pretty interesting, was how Joey Logano, he was also in the picture around these last few laps. But he was well, a lap down. Well, not just Joey. It was like the three Penske cars were surrounding Larson like a shark. Yeah. yeah so like you, have, you so, have Blaney, who's actually running up for position. And then you also had Logano, Logano who's a lap and down, Keselowski, and Keselowski, who was, also laps who was down. two laps down. Yeah. So at the uh, when Larson was still leading before uh, Blaney took the pass, um, Joey was actually competing against Larson. But then as soon as Blaney passed him, Joey literally moves up the track and let Blaney pass. And Blaney 
right on by. But Joey wouldn't give uh, Larson that ability. and Until I, Blaney passed. Yeah, until and Blaney then passed. after Blaney passed, and then he, let him he moved up and let Larson and go. And even then, he still, him, him and Brad, like once they caught up to Brad, Joey and Brad still competed against Larson. And I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Tony, what was your favorite quote? Yeah, so that my, we favorite, heard? my favorite quote of the race was... Kyle Larson saying, I don't like Joe Logano. Yeah, he, he said, I hate, I hate Joey, Joey Logano. Logano. That was actually the quote. <laughs> we heard it. We had to go back and and listen to it. Like, yep, that's what we heard. Uh, so, yes, he was not happy with Joey Logano. And it's kind of funny. I mean, at the end of the day, look, his car started to fade. Like, he, he was so dominant early in the race. I think that had you actually taken him out completely, if he wasn't there, it would have been much more competitive. There would have been a lot more lead changes. He just was dominant. I mean, he led out of, again, there are 325 laps, okay, for this Atlanta race. He led 269 of them. And he led five different times. So even during pit stops and getting shuffled back, he was so dominant. He just drove his way to the front. And I guess he just he used up his car more than than Blaney and Blaney protected his equipment and it just had more for him near the end of the race and ended up leading the last nine laps to to take the win. And so, again, another one of those where he finishes in second place and it just was like a gut punch, I'm sure, like how dominant, you know, he's just driving away from the field. But you know what? At the end of the day, you got to applaud. Kyle Larson and what he's doing with his second chance at Hendrick. The end of the day, it wasn't a win for Kyle Larson, but it almost felt like it. It almost felt like he put his stamp on this season and he served the NASCAR drivers notice. They are a team to compete for the championship, not just week in and week like they're going to compete week in week out but they're going to be competing for the championship they he is just driving so well and honestly probably the best of all the Hendrick cars and again Hendrick's the home of Chase Elliott last year's champion so uh, you know if if I'm Hendrick I'm I'm feeling pretty good about my speaking of championship I think it's really cool that um we've had different winners for every race is normally, you know, we see those the top drivers, you know, win one or two races already by this point, and it's like we already have different winners. Yeah, you know, it kind of like it, it gives the sport and the season a bit more diversity, like throughout the uh, winners, and it also gives it more competition. Like, I think it's going to be really cool because I want to see who else is uh, going to win the season. Are we going to see a lot more surprise winners? So the, our top five was finishing fifth um, with a strong finish, finished um, third in Las Vegas, Kyle Busch. Then in fourth, we got Denny Hamlin. Third, we got Alex Bowman. Second, we got Kyle Larson. He'll dominate the race. And then first, we got Ryan Blaney. And again, Bubba Wallace finished 16th for the second week in a row. And we had to double check that, right, Sebastian? I didn't believe it. Yeah, think it's kind of crazy how both Bubba and Daniel Suarez had like sort of similar results of their of at Phoenix and Atlanta like Bubba finishing 16th in both races Suarez um like holding off someone at the end of a stage to stay on the lead lap then losing positions because of a pit incident it's kind of crazy it's like deja vu 
Uh, speaking of sweaters, I have some very interesting stats. So this particular race in Atlanta, um, Suarez's uh, crew chief wasn't there. And so he had a replacement crew chief. Do we but- know why? Johan, do we know why his crew chief wasn't there? Didn't he get ejected? So something happened with his crew chief that he didn't have it. And so. Um, no, I know that. But why? Do we know why? No, uh, I think it was a penalty. I got He got ejected. But in any event. So because of that. So this week he had a crew chief by the name of Jose Blasco. And so it was the first time that we had a Mexican driver and crew chief pair in NASCAR Cup Series since 1959 when Pedro and Ricardo Rodriguez were a team. That's pretty cool. Now, he's not his permanent crew chief, like we said. He was replacing um, Suarez's normal uh, crew chief because he got ejected or penalized or whatnot. But still pretty cool and and nearly pulling off that top five, I'm sure. It would have made it a lot sweeter uh, had they been able to pull that off. But honestly, they should just keep him. They should just keep this back up. I don't know. We'll see. You never know. I mean, if if you it, it, again, the ability for a team to do well in NASCAR is a lot of times dependent on the ability for the driver and the crew chief to communicate right really really well. That's the reason why Chad Knauss is a seven time champion and Jimmy Johnson because they like communicated so well. And it sounded and it looked like, I mean, we just watching the race like that team that, the, you know, the number 99 got stronger as the race went on up until when uh, Suarez got penalized. Uh, and even then he was able to drive back up a little bit and make up some of the lost time because how bad did he fall back? Do we remember how bad he fell? I mean, he, again, he was yeah, running. He fell from sixth place to 20th, 20th. And it was a lapse down. He fell a lap down That's with crazy. that penalty. Yeah. And he and was able so to unfortunately, make he couldn't, it back up a little he bit. He couldn't get his lap back, but he did finish 17th. So our race picks, um, we're going to um, talk about them. We're going to go over our race picks for Atlanta. Let's start with the person who finished the worst, Johan. Who did you pick? I picked um Brad Keselowski. I thought he was going to do good. He was doing um okay until Martin Truex Jr. went into him and got some da- and he ran into um Brad and Brad just got damaged and finished two laps down in twenty eighth. Disappointing. Geo, how did your guy do? So I picked Joey and he ended up finishing fifteenth. I honestly thought he would do much better at Atlanta, but you know. Things happen, and it just didn't work out. At one point, your mom and I were looking at each other, and she told me, man, Joey's not doing well. Every time Gio picks him, he does not do well. And like the last week, he did really, really well. And then you went and picked him. I mean, he finished his I'm second the week before. Pick him. And then now he finishes in 15th. And 15th is actually really good from where he was running because he wasn't doing I mean, he fell real back. And I mean, to finish to salvage a 15, that's actually pretty impressive from where he was running. But yeah, we felt kind of bad for you. Uh, Seabass, uh, who did you pick? Where do you finish? I picked Martin Church Jr. He got ninth. I kind of did expect a top five from last week's winner. But hey, you get what you get. At least I got some points. Yeah, you got a point out of it. Top 10 is not too bad. I actually finished uh, with Kevin Harvick. I had picked him. I thought he was going to win or or race really strong. He got a 10th and that it's like, okay, got he got one point. That's actually amazing from where he was. He fell back like a rock. 
I mean, he he was up at the front at the beginning, fell back. He had was complaining on the radio about this is like the worst he's he felt like he'd ever driven in Atlanta, I think is was the comments he was making over the radio. And for the man to finish in top ten, that's actually pretty impressive. So uh, but but Karen, you actually had the best weekend of all of us. Who'd you pick and where'd he finish? I did. I picked Denny Hamlin. And since I had to pick last because I like don't have any points, um, I got to pick Hamlin because nobody picked him and he finished in fourth place. So I got two points. And I just want to note that this is the second week in a row that I've gotten two points. So I'm up to four. It's starting to heat up. I was noticing that, too. After we gave you a hard time of not getting anything, you uh, had another top five finish all right moving on to next week sebastian where are we going racing we're going to bristol but it's not going to be how we usually see it instead it, the bristol motor speedway has been turned into the bristol dirt motor speedway for the food city dirt race the entire track has been covered with dirt and these drivers are going to go slipping and sliding it's going to be one fun race to see it's bristol dirt baby well, actually, um, um, the, the driver's going to use special tires for special dirt tires, like rain tires. And they're not, and they're special tires for the dirt since they're going racing in dirt Bristol. Yeah, we were wondering about that, what the like setup was going to be for their tires, because, you know, they always, the, their normal tire is a very smooth, sleek, sleek tire. And so. And for know. our race fans who aren't as familiar with NASCAR, why is it that those race car tires are are slicks or flat uh for traction and friction i think yeah to grip because for grip, grip on the on the track because i mean it's basically there's more tire to grip the track and so normally you run in a dry track and so you want as much tire grabbing that track so you can go faster um but what makes it different, Johan? You just said it. It's like it's not a true rain tire, but it's like a rain tire. What's different about this one? It's because like the it's like has squares and like rectangles on it. Yeah. So basically, it has grooves, so that the, the and the reason so the why dirt can sh- yeah, shoot so out. The, the dirt can come out, and that you can um, you know plot because if you put just slicks on there, it will be slick. And there will, I mean, it's going to be slipping, be slipping and, sliding, and sliding, but there will literally be no way to control that car. I can't wait to see them all drifting through turns one and two. It, it's going to be quite amazing with the, you know, somebody was, I was talking to a casual uh, sports fan about it. And I said, if you're going to watch a NASCAR race and you haven't really watched anything lately, you got to tune be the in one. this Sunday. This has got to be the race you tune into. I'm excited because i don't know what to expect yeah, i actually I was just haven't really that, seen dirt track racing i was gonna say the so last time that there was a uh uh dirt track racing was over 50 years ago and none of us at this table are anywhere near 50 so yeah. we've never seen a race now that's at the cup the on, cup level yes yeah there it, is oh, no, there, there is dirt the track trucks, racing in the trucks uh series there's actually a track called eldora it is a dirt track that is uh really small it's basically just a circle that you just go round and round and but it's 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 quite different and why why is it Karen that we we kind of when we think about it what movie do we think about and what racing uh technique do we always talk about oh yeah it reminded me of uh the first cars movie where um doc hudson is teaching lightning mcqueen how to drive in the dirt and he's telling them to turn 
right to, to go, go left. left. And so when I, when we were watching or when we were looking at this race, I'm like, oh, they're all going to be trying turning right to go left. And some of the younger drivers kind of came up through some dirt track uh, racing. So it'll be really interesting to see how well they do. I have one in, one particular driver in mind. Uh, and uh, fortunately for me, I go first this week. So I'm going to pick this guy who I think is going to who's going to dominate uh, because he dominated in dirt track racing. It's probably going to be my pick. So I've, I'm already prepared. for this. So you better already, get your back up. I already know who who it is. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. So it's not just the cars and the track that's going to be different. Also, the formats of the race, like they're going to have qualifying heats to determine the lineup. And this is going to happen on Saturday. And they're also cutting the race length in half. Instead of 500, there's going to be only 250 laps. And then the other thing I, you know, that's a very real factor in normal NASCAR races is the wear and tear on the tires, right? Because the more grip on the tire, it kind of tears it up. You know, Johan was talking about Atlanta last week and how that that track just eats up tires. You're, you're, the dirt track's not going to do that as the same way to these these special kind of tires. So is that even going to be a factor? So it, it, it just, again, this is new to us as a, as a family because we, you know, we, we know that there are dirt track races. We just haven't really watched a lot of them. The only one that I can think of that's of significance was Haley Deegan. Haley Deegan. One of her, or actually two of her wins were, were at dirt track races. And I, and one of them was so impressive because she did it on a last lap pass, um, slipping and sliding and was able to bump a guy out the way. Um, but it was a much smaller track. So it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens this re- weekend. Well, when you when I say Bristol, what do you think about? You think about Thunder Valley. You think about the fact that the, the banking. high banking. But now, like, like you think about like just the high banking, the concrete, and everything. You're you're not going to see concrete. You're going to see dirt. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of crazy. That's what your mom was saying earlier when they first announced it. How are they going to have all this dirt on this banking? So is this going to be? It's going to be wild. It's going to be a fun, fun race to watch. And I'm so excited for next week's podcast because we're going to talk all about the Bristol Dirt Experience. I'm excited for race picks right now. And now it's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. All right. We've been waiting for this race. It is the Dirt Race at Bristol. By virtue of being number one in our family season standings, yours truly gets to pick first and I'm going to go with Kyle Larson because the man is driven and has been successful at dirt track racing and I think he is going to win and he's going to show again to the NASCAR Cup Series how strong of a team he has. I'm picking Kyle Larson to win at Bristol. Johan, you are in second. Who are you picking to win at Bristol Dirt Race? Well, you got good dirt drivers, Ryan Newman. Of course, not picking him. He failed me in Phoenix. But you got another guy, not Kyle Larson. He was a truck series guy, won the championship. I'm going to go with the guy who won the Daytona Road Course this year, Christopher Bell. Wow, Christopher Bell winning the dirt race. All right, Karen, you're in third. You've been surging. Karen, who are you picking to win at the Bristol Dirt Race? So I'm going to pick a guy who does well at the Bristol Motor Speedway. 
And I'm hoping that he's going to do good in dirt also. I'm going to go with the number 22 of Joey Logano. Joey Logano. Well, by virtue of mom picking him and not Gio, he's probably going to do well. All right. On that note, I'm going to turn it over to Sebastian, who is picking fourth. Who are you going to pick to win at Bristol? I'm going with the king of Bristol, Kyle Busch in the number 18. He loves this track. He does well, and I think he's going to do good in this one. All right. Kyle Busch for Sebastian. All right, Gio. After giving you a hard time, who are you picking to win this weekend at Bristol? <sighs> you guys stole all of my picks, except for Kyle Larson. That was a surprise. But you know what? I'm going to go with Bubba Wallace. I think he's going to probably steal something out of here and do really good. All right. Bubba Wallace for Giovanni. I am super excited to watch this race this weekend. Uh, it'll probably be a little bit of a shorter race because Sebastian had said it's only 250 laps. But with all of the involvement with dirt and the car is going to be sliding all over the place. I think this is definitely appointment viewing, which is what I think NASCAR wants. And so we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> I will tell you, I feel bad for the groundskeepers and the and the team responsible for cleaning that track because this is the first of two races. And that second race is not a dirt race. So they've been spending months preparing this track. And then they only have a little bit of time to clear it all off in time for the the the, the night race that will be coming up later in the year when we'll get our traditional Bristol high bank racing. Hey, Tony, speaking about the banking, do you think the banking is still going to be the same with the dirt, the same degrees? Or do you think no, it's going to be less? I, I don't. I think it'll be less. I think be less. I actually haven't seen much of it. I just. There's no reason. Wait, what do you to mean less banking? What do they do? You go chop off the. No, no well, in the way that they lay the dirt, lower. they're going to lay more dirt yeah. on the lower part of the track. Oh, okay. Because it's a very, very. Oh, wait, steep these cars are really track. heavy. Um, like you would have to have a lot, a lot of dirt and maybe some other stuff yeah. under it because these cars are going to be really, really heavy. Like, wouldn't they just sink, sink through the dirt? No, they're not going to sink. No, they're packing the dirt in there. But that's the point. I mean, right. I think you can't, you're not going to. You're, I, you're not going to get up to the speeds that you normally do where the banking makes sense. And so I, I don't think I, I like I said, I haven't really seen the complete layout of the of the track just yet. The pictures, the, the pictures that I have it seen, it does seem, look like it's not as but, steep. You know, pictures usually don't do justice to those tracks, but it still doesn't seem like it's the actual um, banking. Yeah. So, yeah, super fascinated, super excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, before we end this week's episode, I did want to give a quick nod to what is coming next week. So obviously we're going to do the full recap of the Bristol Dirt Race. And also this this from a pop culture standpoint, this has been a big week in our household because we are huge fans of superhero movies. Sebastian uh, to my right here is a, a big uh, superhero fan. And so Sebastian, why is this week significant for superheroes? HBO Max finally released Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League story that he originally planned to do but was unable to complete. But now because of HBO Max, he is able to do this and we get to see it. We get to see what he was going to do to bring Justice League to life. And so 
to talk about that because I honestly, it's a big deal. Batman is my favorite superhero. Um, my favorite driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr., drove the Batmobile or the Bat, uh, the Batman car a few years ago when the uh, Batman versus Superman uh, movie came out. Um, so super excited to talk about anything related to Batman and the Justice League. We're actually going to be inviting a family member of ours, Danny Orero, who is going to he's probably the biggest Superman fan I've ever met. Um, he is very passionate about his DC superheroes, and I know he's very opinionated about the Snyder movies in the past and um, how DC has treated his favorite superhero. So we're going to have him join us as a special interview to talk about what he thought of the Snyder Cut Justice League. We'll talk about it. And then to tie it all back to NASCAR, we're going to do a special six degrees of NASCAR connecting the DC superheroes to NASCAR. And actually, in 2016, the year um, Dale Jr. ran the Batman car for Batman v Superman, Jimmy Johnson ran Superman and actually run that won that race. What race was that? Auto Club Speedway in 2016. That actually may be part of my six degrees on how I connect them. I might have just given it away right there. All right. Well, if you haven't seen it already... Make sure that you watch the Snyder Cut of the Justice League so that you don't get any spoilers next week. All right. With that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on. Please consider liking and subscribing. Also, follow all of our socials. Anyway, let's go some family out. <laughs>